Welcome to the Spoiler Alert podcast and happy Mother's Day. And today, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I don't think mine does either. That's okay. Uh, Yep. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, uh, Dakota and I today are going to be reviewing Bong Joon-ho's mother from 2009, who may have you may recall the name Bong Joon Ho because he uh, directed he directed Parasite, which won the Oscar for Best Picture and the Oscar for Best Director, I believe, uh, in the year 2020. But it was from 2019, but the 2020 I, ceremony. I, I watched that with my mother. She took me to the theater uh, in October, and yes, we watched that. Um, so. But, uh, and then for anybody interested, uh, I guess it's going to be a spinoff series uh, on HBO of Parasite. I don't know how that works. I mean, I guess that family is, they're kind of characters, so maybe, but I, I don't know how you have like a sh- shared universe of Parasite or whatever, but they're yeah. going to do it. And so. I, I, I had thought that, I had remembered hearing that they were going to make a show for Snowpiercer, but I didn't know it was already out. Yeah, and um, that's on HBO too. And Bong Joon Ho also directed Snowpiercer. If you've seen that, that's been that's been on Netflix for quite a while, and I think it's even spent some time on Hulu. So that one, people might have a lot of access, easy access to. Yeah, that that came on 2013, and then the the series actually airs on. Well, it was originally going to be on TBS, then moved over to TNT, but it is streaming on HBO now. So okay, um, so it would be a Turner then. Because like it like Turner Turner Classic Movies is TCM, and then they uh, have so and they also Turner also owns like TNT and TBS, okay. so that might be how that finesses through. That's interesting. Yeah, it's so um, weird keeping track of all the licensing and you know nowadays. Yeah, mergers and some you know subcategories don't fit with others. Like it's 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 goofed up. Um, but all right. So we begin in the we begin the movie with uh, a scene, not the exact scene that's behind me, but a similar scene. A middle-aged woman is uh, walking through these. Uh, I uh, just a well, field of just just, just yeah. a field of bullshit. <laughs> just is walking through a field of grass, and she starts dancing. And it, it's kind of weird. And you know, it's not really like an opening scene. It's more like a abstract oh, thing. Kind of like melancholia, actually, a little bit. Well, I think it's something that actually happened, you know, like, but uh, she's so, she and she looks tranced out, you know, and and then, um, well, there's a scene later where it doesn't repeat the scene, but you can tell where it leads into it, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and, th- and this is all uh, foreboding to a scene to come later, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, there's I, sort of a sadness to the dance, but also, you know, it, the music is lighthearted. So it's, it's just strange, but it sets you up for what's a very, well, again, John Boone, or uh, yeah, uh, Boone. Wait, Bong Joon-ho. Bong Joon. Uh, yeah, uh, does really bizarre. There's tonally, he gets really weird. So, um, you know, so it, it's good at introducing that. Yeah, and it, and then like the first, linear scene i should say uh is her cutting like that maybe that same straw or whatever i i'm not actually sure what her job is but like cutting like 
straw for wicker baskets or something or just I mean, for grains just a bunch of herbalist stuff and all that so maybe i i don't yeah i'm trying to think what her job is i mean she does unlicensed acupuncture and but mm-hmm. she is working for a woman it seems i yeah i'm not entirely clear on it um yeah it might be it might be some kind of grain collecting and like whatever uh but point point of the scene is she sees her son across the across the road uh gets hit slightly by a car and she like cuts her hand a little bit like on on like the thing and that's the sound design in that scene is very, very creepy and makes well, yeah, it they're building that tension because she has her eyes on her son the whole time and she's doing this blind. And so, uh, and then on the impact of the car, it, you know, comes down and chops and, um, and yeah, so that, that was well done. But um, yeah, and she doesn't think at all about her hand. She just runs to her son and makes sure that he's okay. And he's like, I'm okay, mom, I'm okay. And he gets in a car with a character called Jin Tae. And he kind of just at the first in the first scene, he kind of is like played off as like this bad influence type, like, you know, bad kid taking advantage of it's it's described pretty early on that uh the son, um, I believe it's pronounced Dojun, is the son to mother and we don't actually get the mother's real name in this entire movie she's just known as mother or ma'am to some people um yeah yeah. uh and dojun it's described pretty early on has some kind of intellectual disability uh so it puts him in compromising or compromising situations with friends is very impressionable so the thing i'm not sure about is like if he actually was born like defective or maybe that's offensive right if it was because of the insecticide yeah i mean that's that's a question i have too and i think it's i think it's a fair question because you hear about like poison and stuff doing that kind of thing so he so we get this scene with like jin tae and dojun and they're at this golf course. They're picking up old golf balls in oh. in the water to try to resell them. Uh, well, well, the thing was that uh, 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 Do Jun got hit by a Mercedes Benz, and he hops into the car with his friend Jim Tay. They go to the golf course um, to track down oh. the hit and run. Yeah, yeah, and then they they and then they kick the mirror to the Mercedes Benz. That was well. Well, Jin Tae does, and Do Jun attempts to do this flying kick and lands on his ass. Um, and, so. and his flying kicks throughout the movie are kind of one of those uh, Bong Joon Ho like recurring gigs, re- or whatever. recurring yeah. yeah, recurring like odd bits of humor, even in even like a dark subject matter, you know. Yeah, well, no, there's one in, in Memories of Murder, which I guess was improv by uh, uh, what's it, uh, Song King Ho. I mean. I, probably the most famous Korean actor but um anyway yeah so I guess he just improv that in Memories of Murder he comes down into this ditch doing a flying kick or whatever so he must have just loved that so much that he repeats it here in Mother you know and in Parasite the maid uh it wasn't a flying kick but it was like like a behind the back like donkey kick uh for the the one lady uh so yeah kicks they tried to steal these golf clubs too by like getting in front of these like rich people's like golf carts and well, those are the guys that 
that he they figure must have hit, hit uh dojun you know did the hit and run yeah so it's kind of like a revenge thing so yeah they they uh yeah they attack the golf cart and there are a few people in there with, with, with sticks and then it escalates and people are getting thrown on the ground and they're swinging golf clubs around it just turns into a big mess uh jin tae takes one of the expensive golf clubs and tosses it into the pond pond because he's outnumbered and uh 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 dojun has been tackled so i think that was smart because like he's getting yeah. the golf club out of there so that it can't be used against him i think um but anyway yeah so then they get arrested um and uh you know and everybody's brought in and and jinte is he's because he says like that it's in his blood like uh jinte is like related to one of the cops right i don't think so uh but he, because i thought that was part of how they got off so clean because uh, like it, it was kind of like a you fucked them over you fucked them over so let's just drop our settlements yeah, he saying, but yeah he's saying let's do a settlement because like it, the, the two uh cancel each other out you guys did a hit and run and then they assaulted you so it should cancel out but then they talk about the damage done to the mirror to the mercedes mercedes benz and jinte you know which uh would cost a lot of money like 1500 to 2000 to repair so then jinte looks over to doju and he's like oh why'd you break the fucking mirror you you know and he's like <laughs> oh why'd i do that you know like so yeah you can see where he's open to being manipulated and abused and you know molded to do what to do and believe whatever someone would want um, yeah and and um well anyway then one of the i i don't know if they're lawyers or or uh what they are but he grabs them and it starts to turn into another scuffle uh so that's something that repeats over the course of the movie uh because yeah. we learned that his mother's told him anybody that says that you know uh, it calls you stupid or anything like that you kick him in the ass you know if they punch you punch him twice as hard or you know hit him twice so and he takes that literally so i think that's why he does the flying kicks to the ass you know like throughout <laughs> the, the movie um so yeah but uh that becomes a recurring thing and um also, just to get some casting notes out of the way, too, the mother is played by Kim Hai Ja, and uh, Do Jun is played by Wan Bin. And uh, both are really good in this movie, especially Kim Hai Ja. Yeah, the mother is um, really great. I, I mean, so. Um, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, that's just, they're, they're the main cast. Um, I don't remember seeing many because a lot of directors bring you know some of their favorite actors to work with in yeah, a lot of their none movies. Of, none of the usuals here, so yeah, none of the usual suspects that I noticed either. So Dojun comes back from uh, the police station, and that's when we first get like the oh. like the idea that like him and his mother are like like sleep well, in the I, same bed and it's kind of weird well it's, it's kind of like i, I the, the, that word must have like the same kind of like double meaning that it does in english so like um and that comes up earlier where how did jim tate was talking to him at the golf course about like you know uh you know like something about him never sleeping with a woman he's like you know i i have slept with a woman and he's like yeah who he's like well you know like so yeah and you know but yeah that that becomes kind of we see later on that that's you know it's literally he crawls into bed with her on the floor and you know it's, it's um it, i mean it's a little weird but i think especially once you get that revelation halfway through the movie it's it's you know all of some of the more bizarre things like when he's urinating on that wall and she's giving him the bowl of soup and she's like watching his flow you know like yeah I mean, like 
that's that yeah that <laughs> that is like one of the like that scene is just very funny all on its own i'll just yeah. say that like it's just just like him soup all that set yeah um <laughs> um but yeah so that's when we first get the idea that like we're, we never see like an overt scene like in boardwalk empire or something where like no and i don't it, think that's what's going on at all but i mean it's just the you know i think given the revelation halfway through you can see where she became super overbearing and nurturing and he's i mean he's basically you know you know undeveloped you know so yeah it's you know um but it does play around with that i think it's just to make things you know it's just weird just to make it weird and kind of like uncomfortable and whatever i mean so okay i think the mother's talking about how she wasn't you know she's not able to pay for all this and he's like well just go ask jin pay and she's like stay away from him he's a bad influence and and then he's like, oh, well, I'm going to go hang out with Jintae right now. Yeah, yeah. She's like, how much won't hang out with Jintae anymore? And then he's like, okay. And then she's like, where are you going? He's like, oh, to see Jintae. You know, so like, um, but yeah. Uh, and so he goes, and this is important because this is the night of the crime. He goes to this bar kind of by, just by himself and he's drinking and he's supposed to meet up with Jintae, but he just kept, he keeps on falling asleep. Uh yeah. The waitress eventually wakes him up. They eventually close down the place. And then uh, Jintae's girlfriend is actually uh, like the daughter of the restaurant or the bar owners. That's what I think. But, uh, but sure. there was, Jintae had like another girlfriend there, I thought, with, with um, Dojun. And she gets bored and goes to, to, you know, she gets bored of waiting for Jintae and then moves to another booth. And then uh, Dojun passes out. But I think I think he has like I think that was another one of his girlfriends. But then the one, unless I'm wrong, but then the one in the yellow skirt, who's quite friendly towards Dojun, uh, seems to be uh, a steadier girlfriend of Jintae's. Yeah, uh, later on. not so. a lot is described of Jintae to purposely like be a red herring and like kind of make him a little more mysterious or whatever. Where it's like, okay, he might be cheating on some girls whatever this or that he's you know got a so, yeah, so unique idea forward. of revenge and things like that right and then dojun coming from the bar really drunk uh is like is following this girl who has a backpack on uh you know school outfit and it's pretty damn it's pretty damn creepy and you 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 know the whole time you're uh, like you're you're really worried about where this is gonna go, but for what the audience sees, the first time that the scene happens, she kind of goes into this alleyway where, uh, she kind of goes into this alleyway and then uh, and then he walks away, so he doesn't actually do anything that we see in that scene, um. And he starts to walk away, and then he also sees this stone fly out by his feet, and he's like, "Oh shit!" Really big. And then he, and then he gets startled and starts to walk off a little bit, and then the scene kind of abruptly ends, and he, with him arriving home, and uh, yeah, but before that, up with his mom. I mean, he does kind of call after the girl a bit, uh, you know, like, uh, and and he's shuffling, and yeah, it's really it is kind of eerie. Then she ducks into that just pitch black alleyway. And um, it almost looks like, I mean, she's going to meet somebody, but then 
he leaves it, walks off, but then yeah, that rock comes in. So yeah, yeah. Um, that's how that plays out. So the next morning we see like displayed out in on top on top of that same building is the dead is the girl that he was following who is dead. And remember in the scene that we saw before, he didn't actually do anything. It looked like the beginning of a really bad situation, but it that for what we saw, he didn't actually do anything. Uh, and it's it almost seems like like some of the cops were thinking like, oh, it seems like someone wanted to make a point or like so you kind of get thoughts in your head like, OK, maybe she's, you know, in this like maybe she's in some kind of crime circle and like being made an example of because she's in a spot where the entire town could see her. Um, they find they end up finding uh, a golf ball near the dead body which yeah. with his initials uh written in, right on them so because they collected those golf co uh, balls earlier uh mm -hmm. at the golf course and then i think he, i don't remember him dropping one i think he i thought he threw it to like a window nearby or something one of them and then i don't know but they find one of the golf balls on the scene and uh with his initials plus they hear from the bartender that he was you know well, she doesn't like him at all, you know, because he doesn't pay his tab. Uh, he's eyeing what is probably, I, I think, his daughter, you know, in that yellow skirt, who's, who's really warm and friendly to him. But, um, you know, but yeah, the bartender says he was like a dog in heat, you know, and then um, so it's all kind of setting up location, motive, all that, uh, that places him there. And then the, obviously the golf ball with his initials is pretty definitive. So, um, you know, so they quickly pin it all on him. Yeah. So Dojun then... I believe either later that day or the next couple days gets arrested. Uh, car crashes. Um, the scene of him getting arrested is set up as the same as the opening scene of him getting hit by a car where she's like, yeah, she's working. And then she sees it through her, through her uh, workshop, I guess you would call it. And goes off to chase him, And, and then the car ends up crashing, but, it doesn't matter like because she, she it, it looks like he's getting abducted honestly is one thing that you know yeah, would, would be fearful no. of that uh but he holds up the cuffs and then the interrogations start and this is where it's like this is where you really sympathize for dojun even more because and you kind of hear stories about this i think i'm assuming it's a little better nowadays but I don't know the exact details anymore of like the West Memphis three. Um, I, I don't know how common it is anymore, but definitely used to be and contend to throughout history be common where you have um, someone who's not intellectually able to hold up in an interrogation yeah. without, without being impressionable or, you know, like, like we saw like in a few scenes with jo with Jin Tae of him just messing with his head a little bit. And yeah, he thinks he's the one who kicked off the mirror, you know? Uh, yeah, like, uh, you know, like, so that, you know, that kind of thing just shouldn't happen. I don't like without some level of supervision, but. And it's something that uh, he, he also, it, it's very much like memories of murder in terms of like he shows the police force being quite corrupt in that way, you know, doing beatings and whatever. 
but also like hugely just childish and kind of you know like like yeah, yeah. so very it doesn't it doesn't seem like a malicious uh police force necessarily like there's this one guy that's in uh, that's into uh really into martial arts uh i think the other i think the main police officer is actually well-meaning but just kind of not great at his job no um um because like he he tends to like continue to want to like you know he wants to find to figure it out like just there's just some incompetence um yeah well yeah i mean you can see he shows some sympathy towards the situation but i you know he just he he's overloaded with work everything fits and he just kind of is like it is what it is you know and sometimes they find less evidence you know and they don't do murders a lot you know they said yeah yeah, that's something that's brought up that this they're like god i can't remember the last time we had a murder you know so um so they they might just kind of want it to go away and figure it out as quick as possible right um and then the yeah, guy. I mean, I don't think he did anything where he directly confessed verbally, but they get him to sign the confession, you know, and he, yeah. and that was just it, you know, and he does it because I don't know, you know. Yeah, you like, know, he, he's impressionable. He doesn't know better. Uh, he still only actually thinks he's in for a while. He only thinks he's in for not for like kicking the mirror. Like oh, yeah, that comes up like, later where he's like he's still yeah. on about the mirror, you know, it's still irrelevant. Yeah, you know, like, like the first or second time that uh, his mother, the mother meets brings him. in the lawyer, right? I yeah, think, yeah, and then <laughs> she's like, "Tell the lawyer everything." And he's like, "I remember it was Jin Tae that kicked off the mirror." You it know, wasn't, like it wasn't like, me. I missed. Right. So, yeah. It's like, so, it was like swoosh and boom, and you know, like it just sounds like the kid, yeah. you know. But yeah. Then the mother at like like hops into. Uh, the main detective's car and everything and is like yeah. is Wait, like he, he he couldn't have done this blah 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 blah. like you you have to keep looking for the killer and he's like the case is closed like he signed the confession you know yeah like basically everything that we just mentioned right um but yeah it's sad because she waited out then, all that time in the rain till he gets off work and yeah just so and she showed up at the funeral which the funeral is kind of weird because i don't is this a custom? I don't know what was going on with like the dummy. Oh yeah, no, th- that is. So that that wasn't the funeral, but what they do over there, and I know this from watching uh, Park Chan Wook's Lady Vengeance in 2005. There are a couple of things I learned from that. Like, so one is, yeah, uh, crime reenactments in public at the scene of the crime are a thing, so that they can, you know, like th- they'll do that. Um, that okay. and then another thing that I also learned from Lady Vengeance is when she gets out of uh, prison at the start of the film uh she's given a, a like a tofu cake or whatever and i guess that's like a, a ritual when you get out of prison because that happens with uh yeah that ha- yeah right so okay um, cool so there, yeah, there, those are things you pick up culturally watching like a bunch of movies it's kind of you know cool like um good, but yeah good so, to know you get a tofu cake when you get out of prison yeah i forget why it's but I don't know, but it represents something. It's a fresh start or something like that. I don't know. All right. Um, and then the new lawyer, or she gets a better lawyer, and this lawyer is like this hot shot kind of, like most expensive lawyer in the county. But he's almost he make makes he's so successful that he's just like this busy bee that like doesn't have time for anything, and he kind of yeah, sees this as a lost cause really quick. 
Right. And it's so like the system might be different there because like, I, I think they said something about you'll never be able to afford a lawyer. And I, so there must not be like an appointed one, but she, yeah, ultimately ends up getting like one of the best lawyers in, in city, the country. I don't know, but I don't know how, but, um, you know, and yeah. So when he's introduced, they're at a buffet and they're watching, and he says, I never sit down. You know, he's scooping all this shit under the you know, food under the plate. And you can see she just has like one little piece of food as a formality, you know, just because she's not there to eat. She needs to talk mm-hmm. to the lawyer. You know, he's just shoveling food and not really, you know. And then she searches Jin Tae's house. Yeah, I forget what t- turns her on to that. I think they're talking. She's talking to her son. She starts. I think that's what starts. It's they're talking about Jin Tae. And then she's like, wait, you know, you were supposed to meet Jin Tae. Right. And, you know, mm. so I think that's where it plants the seed that. Jintae might have set him up and then so she goes to Jintae's walks because she doesn't have a car so she walks these great distances over the course of the film it's quite lonely and you know they use those distant shots it looks quite arduous you know for an old woman um and uh but anyway and she searches Jintae's house while he's away and finds a golf club in his um uh closet which is ultimately stained with what appears to be blood um that ends up being lipstick it it it, that that one's resolved that one's uh exposed pretty quick yeah but well but she hides in the closet jinty comes home and uh it's with the girl in the yellow skirt so now we know that they're an item or whatever study buddies it looks like and uh you know so uh, (laughs) i then that's a really hard scene because this poor old woman has to sit there in the closet while this transpires and then a really tense scene where she sneaks out around all those water bottles and everything like that's all just really well done so she takes the golf club all the way to the police station, uh, gets the police involved. Um, Jinte shows up, approves with his cell phone video uh, that, uh, you know, that that's just lipstick on the, the golf club. Because I don't know if he likes to swing it around between his legs while she kisses. I don't want to know what's going on there. But anyway, the mother goes to the police station, I think, gets turned down again. She walks home in the rain. And as she's walking, there's a man with a cart a bunch of oh. junk mm-hmm. and uh she grabs an umbrella off the back of that cart and then gives him uh, a couple of bills and he only accepts the one uh you know and uh anyway okay so um the lawyer basically says all right if we we could plead uh whatever the equivalent to like insanity or like like is beyond their control type of deal where um, you know, let's do, we, we can do, we can settle for four years in, in, in like a hospital instead of the 15 in, in yeah, prison. And, and well, then, see, you know, he's got, he's got the fucking karaoke thing. Oh, he's surrounded by, you know, um, and then, cause he knows the guy, the, the sanatorium, uh, director or whatever, I don't know what you call him, but, uh, he's passed out there. So you get the sense that this guy is so successful, not really because of his competency in addressing these cases and taking the time, but because of his connections, you know, mm-hmm. so he's like, I know this guy, you know, we went to like college together or some shit. And so like, he can get your son four years, you know, or, and, or like uh, he used to be good, but now, but, but then it, he's just yeah. become so successful that it's just that like, give a shit, you know, he's, yeah, so. <laughs> he's just a rock. He's like, he's like a rock star. That's like putting out a shitty album at this point. Yeah. Um, um and then the mother gets drunk, probably considering the offer. And somewhere in there, I imagine she, uh, we learn a little later, fired the lawyer, you know, mm-hmm. which so, but um, yeah, so she comes home drunk, um, puking her guts out in the, the toilet. And then, um, and that's when she sees Jin Tae. 
who she uh, mistakes sadly for Dojun at first and then recognizes, I, I think, and then recognizes that's Jinpei. And then what's so sad is she offers him something to eat, you know, uh -huh. and he's like, oh, thanks, you fucking bitch, you know, because you accused me of, you know, again, I think they're playing with the idea of this red herring being Jinpei because he's really a son of a bitch. You know, he already ripped, ripped her off at like that 1500, 2000, you know, for smashing the mirror. And then he's like, you know, make it up to me by giving me like 5,000, you know, and then she she offers up all of her little savings. You know, and he, and uh, it's all she has. And then she says she'll give the rest to him later. And he's like, I'll text you, you know, my my uh, bank account number later. So again, that was just something in my mind where it's like, okay, he has a phone, he's texting. He's maybe, I thought they were setting up that he's involved in this sort of phone circle because there's a lot of stuff with phones later on in the movie. So I thought maybe he was part of that. And this is when he based, he does like agree to help find the real killer because he doesn't, and and again, like you mentioned, it might just be him getting off with like his CSI cop fantasies where Yeah. I mean, uh, I think he maybe does ultimately care a bit about his friend. I mean, he's still obviously an asshole, but but at the time you don't trust him a goddamn bit, you know, because like he like gives like you were talking about that really creepy, you know, his idea of like what that murder meant, you know, and uh, and the, just the camera angle and everything. And then he's like, don't trust anybody, not even me. And, you know, I, so I was really hoping the movie wouldn't end up being as that obvious, you know, but I really wasn't sure. Well, so. it, I, I suppose like, like the whole don't trust anybody, not even me is like the, is a very cop, mo cop movie fanboy thing to say. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, it he's is, been watching also... a lot of Death Wish. So I thought, I thought it was going to be really obvious and glad it wasn't, uh, but uh, but I think at that point, you're still supposed to, you have really mixed feelings. You don't know if you can trust them or not at this point. And yeah. it starts to fade away a little later, but. Yeah, it's kind of like we have to trust him because we still don't have any other suspect. But I was, yeah, point. but that's exactly why he was the primary suspect in my mind, because, you know, at this point, we're almost like halfway in the movie. And I'm thinking, well, it has to be somebody that we've seen because it's really mm -hmm. cheap to pull on the audience, you know, this like. I, I hate when a mystery will like, oh, it was this guy that you never even fucking saw over the course of it. Cause that doesn't give the audience a chance to participate in the mystery. You know, it's, it's a total yeah. cheat and a cop out. So I'm like, we must've seen the killer by now. We, we must've been introduced to them. And really the only person who's fitting uh, was Jim Tay. And then that started to fit, fade away. But then I started to think about other people potentially. But uh, yeah, even at that halfway point, he was still the one I liked the most for it. But um, I'm trying to think right. what happens after. Uh, Dojun gets in a prison fight. Oh, yeah. Uh, where, like, you know, they're, you know, one prisoner is like, hey, go go call him, you know, the R word. Uh, and then something funny will happen. And then he's he calls him it, and uh, Dojun's trying to he's meditate. Doing this weird memory, uh, yeah. what would you call it, thing. That well, he's, it's yeah. try, uh, he says later, he says, like, uh, his mother was like, "Weren't you meditating? I, I told you to meditate." And yeah, like, oh, I was like, meditating. So I think that's the, the way he meditates when he's yeah, very. Yeah, she told him. Uh, yeah, and she's, it's you know she's an acupuncturist and she and all that. So I, I think she trained him to like do this and massage his temples and that'll somehow get him to think and clear his mind. And so it's it's a little thing that he does. And it becomes relevant later, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Um, um but, but, bas but basically it nothing really happens for a for a hot second then he's like then the other prisoner is like hey nothing happened I feel, and, i'm the one who feels stupid now you know like yeah. and, 
Yep, and then jump kick to the ass. <laughs> and, uh, he gets beat up a little bit, and then um, I think that's the point when he tells his mom to like stop coming over. Yeah, well, because there's yeah, that's I think the clear halfway point in the film, and it's just one of the most powerful, like great. And also though, just like he's mastered tone with with mother i feel like because like a lot of people i've seen will talk about snowpiercer and they're like oh my god it just got i mean it gets so dark out of like almost the blue at the end uh parasites a little unbalanced um the the host i remember when i first watched it i thought it had some tonal problems but i warmed to it more but i think memories of murder was pretty consistent but mother is more impressive to me because it got it'll go back and forth between Right, what happens right before he tells his mom not to show up again is he remembers uh, the scene, or he remembers that, hey, you tried to kill me once uh, yeah. when I was five. And then she's immediately like, how do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And so you know something fucked up happened. And he explains that it, uh, it, it must have been exactly shortly so. after the father died because she is a widow and uh if that wasn't obvious she's a widow so they didn't have money and to like ease their suffering or whatever i think she got in her head to you know do like a joint suicide thing with her with her child and uh basically she said "I, i didn't we didn't end up putting enough in or it was like I think it was an insecticide, but she ended up using a less less effective um, one because I guess it might have been more humane, less painful. The other one would have definitely killed them, but this one, you Mm -hmm. know, but it would have been uh, uh, quite a bit of agony. So she used a less potent insecticide. But Um, they just ended up getting the shits and you know uh, feeling sick well actually that's that's it. so we got a glimpse of her handing uh young dojun uh, a bottle as she's puking in the toilet earlier in that scene i i remember so oh so that makes it yeah you know, but we don't remember what that's we have no idea what the context of that is but uh you know and it's just like one of those little bottles that she hands out to everybody like she brings them to the police station to get in the good graces of all the cops you know when uh, dojun first gets arrested you know like bringing donuts or coffee, you know, so she's handing all those out. But yeah, it, you know, but it, it catches you so off guard, you know, because like he, he can't remember the most basic shit like that. He didn't kick off the mirror and then he remembers something like that from when he was five. And she just shrieks in pure horror that he can remember that. And it's just going to obviously destroy their whole dynamic, you know. And it really leads into question of like, you know, and we're not scientists or we, we don't know how you know, this insecticide can affect like a five-year-old, but, you know, was he, did he, did he have those developmental issues early on or did that mess it up on the way? So was she to to blame and she would have been an adult. So maybe her mind and everything is already developed. So it takes that kind of poison better, but maybe for a younger person, it doesn't. Five-year-old, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, But yeah, that's the thing. So I don't know if she was trying to, you know, mercy kill him or whatever, you know, or if it was because she tried to poison him that he has these uh, cognitive defects. Um, but yeah, we don't know exactly what the background is. If it if he wasn't born that way, then what would lead her to be so grieved that, you know, 
we don't know exactly, but we know that she's profoundly lonely. She says that you and I are, you know, we're, we're all we have, you know, we're alone mm -hmm. in this world. And yeah, it's just, God, it's profoundly sad. And then she, well, she wants to give him acupuncture that I, I like, I think she wants to puncture his femoral artery, you know, with, and, and, and kill him that way, you know, through the little holes in the glass, you know, cause she wants to relieve his pain, you know? I just, I don't know, like acupuncture, acupuncture shit. I know that they like know that like, oh, if you hit this spot and this spot and this spot, you'll feel good. But maybe, I don't know. I mean, but that was what I took away was that she was going to try and puncture that artery. And, and Yeah. Well, well, cause my thought of it was always that, um, that like she wasn't puncturing the artery, but she was just puncturing this part of like the body where the nerves would for whatever reason make you forget all your uh, all your bad memories but it would make more sense if that's in the context of like suicide you know what i mean if you're puncturing that artery and bleeding out through your leg well maybe you're right i mean i i yeah because she says it's like some we don't understand some... acupuncture this actually would have oh. been a good one to get noah on oh yeah we should well but uh yeah yeah so like but no i mean she could, well because that is how she says it but to me the, just that the horror she's in and like it's I, I think she was offering to kill him she wanted to I, I think I mean I but maybe maybe I, maybe I didn't think like that but Bill thing where it's a nerve some nerve cluster that because she, she says it's one I only know about I think she I just took it she was making that up you know that makes but, more sense yeah you know, I didn't catch yeah. that the first time yeah um, I mean if if it is this weird nerve cluster and you're in an acupuncture uh let us know uh moving on um so after that part after that scene happens we see like this it's not photoshop but it's basically uh this you know she's convincing this young woman to uh get on the computer and or clean up some pictures for her. Which, which to me, she's like, she's she also offers her medicine right after telling her this whole story about how she tried to poison her son. I'm like, you know, I might not. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna pass on that yeah. herbal herbal uh, tea. Um, <laughs> I think so. uh, the Photoshop friend, I'll just call it Photoshop, uh, is just re remembers seeing that the dead girl and. The dead girl was with one of her friends who has a scar on her face this so is... it kind of seems like a prostitution thing because of the scar and then they from there they basically get the idea to like search phone like pictures and stuff because uh the the girl that died had spoken to the photoshop woman and been like hey i have a lot of important photos i'd like to get scanned out well, something um, else establishing that scene is her frequent nose bleeds too. So that that becomes kind right. Of that's like a that that's like a sign of drugs or something. I didn't I didn't know. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Probably. That's what I had thought. I had thought like, okay, maybe she's, she's into drugs, like a brain tumor or something. But so mother goes to find the scarred girl and asks because like she's got like these skills with a cell phone and for whatever reason like taking the audio off of taking pictures is like super tricky back then so you had to go in and fuck with yeah the i was chip. wondering about the the accuracy of that because I mean, I, you still do have to like open up your cell phone to remove the mic and other functions you know like so but basically uh the scarred girl ditches because she doesn't want to 
talk any more about it. Um, and well, then, yeah, so she asked the old woman for a tampon, knowing that she's obviously, you know, probably went through menopause and wouldn't have one. So then she runs to the next, you know, the, the adjacent store to get her one. And by that time, she's disappeared. Uh, so she tries to track her down and I think spots her in yep. an alley. Yeah. Yep. She goes to that app. She goes to an alley and she's being beat up by, or like at least threatened by uh, like these two, like student eight, like high school student aged guys that are like, that seem to be into some kind of crime. So you don't feel too bad for them when, for what, what happens later, you know? Happens. Right. And it happens pretty soon after because uh, basically she stopped the mother stops the situation by from happening by like dropping a bottle and then yeah she's quite clever. The... so yeah she's being quite clever she's moving in and, and realistically what's an old woman gonna do so she ducks into this kind of like um, dumpster cool, I don't know I, yeah and then uh, somebody comes out uh, from behind one of the businesses she grabs a nearby bottle drops it shatters it he spins around sees the two dudes attacking the girl and so yeah she's being so she's not a coward because she's moving in. She doesn't know what she's going to do yet, but she's, you know, there's a fundamental decency there, you know? Yeah. Um, so. Uh, and soon after, I forget how they actually get a hold of the guys, but with, she recruits Jin Tay to basically like. He's a lot by that look, by the stack of cash. So I mean, Jin Tae is just getting. He basically captures uh, the two thugs and beats them up and interrogates them and locks them in like they're in this abandoned like or this amusement this park. unused uh like like i think it's an amusement park isn't it amusement park mind? yeah because they lock them in um it looked like a carousel but i i at first and then or maybe i misremembered. yeah it's some kind of carousel or like one of those big like high rope uh, oh, yeah, and then the, when, probably the operating uh, station or whatever, you know, like is probably what they're locked in. Yeah. Um, yeah, something he, like that, like where the, where you have like, you know, these like big cables and they tow you along high in the oh, air. One of the, yeah, maybe. Yeah, they might have yeah. been one of those. Regardless, they, they're locking them in and they're actually getting a decent amount of information, mainly that the woman that died her name, uh, like she had like a nickname, like Rice Patty or in this interrogation, um, she would be, it was basically implied that like, you know, they have been pimping out on, I don't know how many women, but a number of women. And uh, she was one of them. And like, it was something along oh, the I lines. Must've, I must've missed that. I didn't, I didn't, I thought she was just doing it to do it. You know? Well, there was the one girl that got cut up, though, and I thought that's why she was doing it. Yeah, I was wondering about that, and there must be a reason, but I no, I didn't catch on to, like, a prostitution ring, but that would almost make sense then. I, I mean, she's taking all these pictures as sort of, like, insurance or... Yeah, because I don't think she wanted to do it anymore. That would make a lot more sense. Okay, well, then I'm... It's really clever the way that's done, you know, where the, uh, the kid uh, that's being interrogated... Um, is recounting what she told him you know he says they have an emotional connection and so he's like looking down at her and she's in his lap on her phone you know and uh, uh and it, it's it's god that was just i mean that was a great camera technique you know moving mm -hmm. back and forth between the it, it was, was clever because it was it's a clever like, way it, they went yeah, about instead it. of doing a flashback or instead of having dear god the kid repeat that whole conversation 
you know, it made it really visually interesting. It just like, so he has, a, I, I think he's done stuff like that elsewhere. I just can't remember specifically, but we just make things as interesting as they can be, you know, and like if you're doing exposition or whatever, you know. So I'm not sure if it actually was like a prostit a small, small time prostitution ring technically, or if it was like just them going about it themselves. But, but, um, but then the thing though is she was rice cake girl, so she would do it just for rice. So if there is a prostitution yeah. ring, rice, you know, might your pimp might be pissed if you bring back a fucking rice cake. Oh, that's so, the idea. <laughs> I, uh, that's that's a fair point. Um, but there it was implied that this we get the name Crazy JP be, of being involved in this oh, thank too. You. Yep, that was the missing piece. That was the so, thing I forgot. Yeah, so, that, so that's like the first time we hear about Crazy JP. The key piece of information is that she wants to trade the phone in for rice wine. And then, well, who goes around drinking rice wine? Her grandmother. And that's, mm -hmm. that's her reputation around, uh, around town as being the, the, the drunk, you know. And so who specifically drinks rice wine. So then the mother remembers this um and runs uh i'm sure well see i left that out too then there was a point in the movie where that was mentioned that the grandmother liked rice wine. i mean we see it visually but it's also stated i can't remember who says it but whatever it anyway yeah it, it, yeah, it turns the mother on to like oh my god so she must have the phone you know yes and she starts to go to the grand to the grandmother's house um but then we get a scene of dujon uh, of, Do, of Dojun remembering the old man. Yeah. And, and then and, and then he calls for his mother, but he told his but, mother never to show up. So we, yeah, so Dojun remembers the face. And he's right. like, call mom, call mom. You know, it's like it's it's getting really tense. And she goes into the old granny's house at, at dark. She's, you know, and, and they're building tension, you know. So she basically gets the cell phone back, which is the important thing. Yeah. And she goes back to the hospital and, or not. She goes back to the prison and they're going through pictures with her son to try to figure out like who is familiar. And then he was like, no, it was an old man. And she found the old man in the thing. So like the old man, that's that's whether it's like a prostitution thing or whether it's just a hooking up thing. Uh, the old man had basically had sex with her at one point. It's also could be like a safety precaution too, where it's like in case she ends up dead in a dumpster somewhere, it's like okay, who was the last person she took a picture of? Oh, okay. You know? So this is this is sort of important to my notes. So uh, I I moved away from Jin Pei after that interrogation scene. I started to think about other possibilities. I was thinking, well, maybe this is somebody really important. I mean, we've met a lot of wealthy, important people over the course of this film. You know, lawyers and those guys with the Mercedes Benz and. And I think of the cops, you know, they're maybe not wealthy, but they're somebody who's in a position of power who couldn't, could not have that get out, you know, and who would better know how to frame this whole thing up than a cop. So I thought it maybe the sympathetic, seemingly sympathetic cop for a mm -hmm. little while, you know, I started to think in that direction, like, okay, maybe he, maybe he banged this presumably underage chick and that can't get out. And then he kills her and frames uh, Doju, you know. Um, so that was another possibility I'd considered, but then, yeah, it turns out to be this old guy, uh, or what we think, um, right. you know, and then this is when she gets the flashback that she has seen the old man in the scene that you described, uh, where with the, with the cart and with the umbrella cart. Yeah. So it clicks for her. So she kind of knows where to look for him too. 
so then we pretty much jump right into that scene, which is like the most important scene in the movie where she's... Well, there are two. I mean, for me, I, I felt like it was the revelation where she poisoned herself and her son and then and this then this. scene, yeah. Right. So the old man tells his side of the story because uh, mother, mother goes to his place and pretends to be you know, just this like uh, met this medical officer of some type that like gives Absolutely like free rights. medical checkups yeah. to people. Yeah, for elderly, well, for, for the elderly, yeah. Yeah. Um, she recognizes and, or at least thinks he does, and I think he drops it. Um, and then, uh, uh, well, some and, you know, I think they're still playing with the idea that this is the guy because, well, she offers to do her acupuncture thing on his inner thigh. You know, again, and so I don't know if that's her, like, she's going to kill this guy, but that would make, logically, you want this guy to confess, you want to have some kind of proof. Or if it's a nerve cluster thing. Uh, which leads me into, like, maybe you're actually right, and maybe this is some kind of memory thing, you know? Like, yeah. Um, so I don't know, yeah, because you don't want to kill the only person who can confirm your son's innocence, you know? Right, yeah, um, so I... Well, well, I also, she, I don't know if she was talking about his thigh. Maybe she was going to do it she, like. Because then he's like, oh, do I have to neck take my or pants something. off? Which kind of establishes he might be a pervert, right? You know, because yeah, he seems a little eager there. At least, at least, yeah, at least open to the idea of prostitution. <laughs> I don't right. think we're actually given the ages of the girls who are in that ring. Um, So I don't know if it's underaged or if they're a, like, they're they're younger adults if they are adults um well yeah because i thought i thought yellow skirt was perhaps underage and then jin Tae's like but if he's showing those videos to the cops then well that would obviously get him into some serious trouble so they must be and i i don't i don't know i don't know how that is in korea i I don't either um Um, so yeah maybe we're just talking about our asses hit we get the old man's total side of the story he had been living in that shack because it's like a good spot for homeless people like it's just alone and you know he can well, he's by scavenging for junk and that house was abandoned and he just crashed there for the night rather than return all the way back to his little uh junk palace or whatever you know yeah and uh and then so he was inside the built one one like the building that they were walking around when dojun was following her so he noticed like all like the the, the kind of you know he doesn't know better but he, they noticed the creepy following uh like of her and like kind of leering so this is when like the reality well we see the actual reality of the crime committed because when we see it through the pov of dojun we don't see anything in the alley it's just black you don't know if someone else is there that threw the rock or yeah, it makes you think it might be like Jintai or somewhere else, someone else. And then, uh, but he, but he has the perfect view from like a side view of her, frontal view of him. So Jun, when he was approaching her, and we see this in both versions, um, you know, it's like, hey, you know, like, do, do you want me to? I, I forget if he asked her out for drinks or if he asked her out on a date. And then it's like, do you? Oh like, yeah. Then it's like, do do you not like boys? Right. You know, and, and then he kind of drops it and she comes out and throws this rock at him. And we see that it was her that threw the rock, you know, and mm-hmm. she says, you know, why would you ask me? I fucking hate, I hate men, you know. She calls him the R word and then he just starts 
like freaking out like we see with in the well like we, and you know his mother taught him you know like if somebody calls you a name you know you, you kick him in the ass if, if somebody punches you punch him you know back twice to, twice as hard he's drunk and so she threw the rock at him he picks it up and he throws it back at her and it smashes her right in the back of the head he kind of went through like this fit where he was like going between like meditating and i think just freaking out and like i think his his phone a few times but he's you know this is the thing throughout the course of the film like he's not always i think he realized enough to know that if he calls from his phone he's gonna get in trouble and so he's you can see where he's he's torn he keeps slipping open he wants to dial well whatever the equivalent of 911 is over there and then like you know and he closes it and he's then he opens it again like he doesn't know what to do yeah i mean I don't know. I don't know how much of it he is fully aware of or, or not. It's hard. It's hard to say. Um, yeah, uh, you but, know, remember something from like when he was five, one minute, and then the next, he, you know, but that, and, I think that's almost kind of realistic. I mean, and the other thing is that on top of this, he's drunk, you know, and so like he might be fumble fucking through his phone, you know, like he's, he's going to call his mother, he's going to call the no, and then he's going to call it, like he doesn't even. So, you know, I'm not sure what he's doing, but ultimately he decides, and it's explained a little later, but ultimately he drags her body up onto the roof and hangs her there so that somebody can see that she's hurt and get her help, you know, uh, not realizing that he just smacked her in the head with a fucking giant rock and she's, you know, dead. Um, but uh, people get hit in the head with rocks in Bong Joon-ho oh, yeah, yeah. movies. You're a parasite guy. I don't know how the fuck he survived that. I mean, that yeah, was- that one. Yeah, <sighs> that that I was really like, okay, like it was such a good payoff at the end of that movie that I was like, yeah, it's it's worth just assuming that he'll that he has this brain damage and it's fine. There are but, freak accidents. People survive bullets to the head. I mean, you know, but that yeah weight on the back of the head and that pooling blood i mean like yeah i agree uh yeah i agree but at the end i i do just love parasite though i do i I do too i I just want to go with it you know i'm like i'm like that's that's my like that's like my like fuck it i'll believe it of that for that movie which i try to keep at bay you know i do feel like things are worth criticism but that in that case i was like you know it was worth it you know i mean so yeah so and then mother the mother at this point is just freaking out because like all she's of like, that, her that's not true you saw it wrong you know she's in denial yeah she's in denial and like all of her worst nightmares like came true and and she just beat she beats the old man to death with a wrench and then well, she does something that's probably on you know in her denial she's like that's not true you know, like because I think she's obviously trying to convince. Her, this guy but herself as well they're like you know the police say that you know uh, dojun is going to be let free soon and that's the thing he's like oh well that's horseshit because i saw the whole thing i better call them right now and then she takes a wrench and in this violent you know like uh, whatever you call it I'll, i mean she smashes the tirade and, huh tirade yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it, it, and and i mean she's just it, the movie takes a total, total shift. She's like, you're not worth the dirt on the toenail of my son. You know, and then she realizes what she's done and she starts to break down, you know, like, I mean, and then 
what was so sad is she calls out for her own mother, you know, mm. she's like, mom, what do I do? What do I do? You know? And it's just, yeah, guy, it was just, well, and, and the thing is too, is there's so much that's gotta be like going through her, through her mind too, because it's like, I mean, I, I don't know how self-aware she is to realize that she might be like a bad mother, but I know like a lot of mothers and parents alike tried to or like, like feel like it's their fault if their children make a mistake, you know what I mean? Well, so. yeah, I mean, cause you're the one that brought them into the world. So, I mean, you're not gonna throw your kid under the bus, you know, I mean, you're, I, yeah, I mean, and, as, and she had had people like pick at her before and, and at the funeral and be like like how could you like bring such like a monster into the world and stuff like that so like you see that a lot where the parents are playing, like how something obviously went wrong there you know yeah. is what they, they always say and it's like well it's not always it's not always the case I mean I you know I, it's got to be always a little warranted but it's also got to be well, like there's also right. got to be a realm where it's like you can't control it if your kid make does certain things like it's sometimes just it's just finding someone to blame sometimes and it's might might not always be you, you can the see right thing to do blame the parents you know but it, it's like i mean how did you not notice that your kid you know have whatever sadistic or homicidal tendencies or whatever but you know i mean well one thing is that you're a parent and you're not you're not gonna you're gonna lie to yourself about that. Yeah, but, you're you know, in denial at the very least. Right, and then you know, uh, it, and then it's it's always hard to see. I mean, sometimes there's just you know isolation, and then they go all like Full Metal Jacket, you know. It's, so it's I, I think too, I think I, that might have been some of the stuff going through her head too, like which sounds a little simplistic of like you know you know things that she well, could have so done better, but it's just yeah. impossible. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm that, not a mother, but I get a sense of what motherhood must be you know like i mean you're and, and she says that they're all they have and i just i don't know it's, it's profoundly sad it's just all really profoundly sad yeah and so. she's she's setting the the shack on fire at this point and gets gets out of there oh uh, the other thing was that she left um a muddy prince on because she has to walk everywhere well, it might be worse with car tires but she leaves a muddy print on the way there and I, the movie emphasizes that so um i think deliberately and so like, I was like, oh no, they're going to get her from her footprint, you know? Mm -hmm. And then she, when she's leaving, she's smart enough to climb and she's, you know, she's old and it's hard. She goes up this hill and I'm thinking, well, there, you know, you've got pieces of fabric on all these twigs and stuff. Like I was thinking, you know, oh, they've got her, you know, and a little, well, she falls, she burns the shack down. She falls asleep at the top of this, this hill. And then it leads into that scene from the opening where she's dancing and you can tell because the camera movements suddenly shift, they become a little different and they evoke the beginning and then her trance out look and you can, and then she moves into the field of grass and you know it, it doesn't go through that scene again, but then she, I think arrives back home, right? Mm -hmm. And then the cop shows up. And I mean, I thought that like, it would be too obvious for her to get arrested, but I was thinking of her muddy footprint, you know, which the movie emphasized. And so I was thinking, I, I thought in the opposite direction. So I'm like, okay, it's actually going to be good news, you know, and that it was that, that they found some evidence. I was this JP from the sanatorium. They found DNA blood on him. Oh yeah. He had run away. He had escaped the sanatorium and they found him. They picked him up and then they went through his things, his clothes and found 
blood on his clothes. So then they did uh, DNA testing and they found that it was her blood. And then, so he says that they were getting groovy. And then in the middle of that, you know, she had a nosebleed and that's why the blood is all over his clothes. But obviously we know that she, and we know that that's true because she had frequent nosebleeds, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, and the mother is the one who would know that that, well, obviously knows that, uh, well, that her son did it. And then, so I think she rides along in the back of a police car. She goes to see this JP and he doesn't have parents and just the crushing weight of like, and you know, she starts sobbing. She knows that she's gonna have to let this guy be convicted wrongly. You know, he's just a kid basically, you know, I mean, from what Mm -hmm. we can see and you know, just like her kid, you know, and and he doesn't have parents and she starts sobbing. He's like, don't cry, you know, and like they, they haul him off. And it's just, I mean, it just twists the fucking knife as many times as humanly possible. Uh, and then we get that, uh, uh, the tofu cake scene. It's Jintae and his girlfriend, the one in the yellow skirt, because he has a few, I think, that pick, pick him up, you know, and they give him that, the, you know, and she gives, well, she gives him that tofu cake, you know, and mm-hmm. so, yeah, that is a thing culturally, you know. And then, like, right after they were doing that, they started fucking around again, just like, doing what they were doing before looking for scraps and stuff and they went to that shack that burned down yeah and dojun finds the acupuncture kit uh so even his mother dropped in the scuffle yeah and he ends up giving it back to her and and as you know maybe delayed as he is or whatever he understands that i led my mother to this guy's place it burned down her acupuncture kit's here he connects all that up and then he, yeah, he gives it to her. And uh, as she's about to leave on a bus trip, it seems to be just her. We don't know where she's going or why. And he's like, oh, wait, before I forget, here's a gift. And he gives back the acupuncture kit, which means he, even he understands on some mm-hmm. level what, you know. After, after all of that happens, she gets on the bus and I think it's just by herself. And I think it's because she's on the run from the law she's on the run from like her own like you know her like the fact that like her and her son are like killers and someone totally innocent is now taking his place and you know there's a good possibility that if that kit's found that she may have left like you said the footsteps like she could have still been. We've seen caught. the police force; they probably don't give enough of a shit. So she's that's probably going to get away with it. And that's the thing. I think. I think that's the pain of it is that she is going to get away with it. And uh, you know, I don't think she's running from the police at that point. I think she's trying to get away, and she leaves. If it well, it's a big thing because if the leg thing is yeah. a nerve bundle, because in the in the bus she takes out her kit. And she punctures her leg in the spot that she said only, no, yeah, only she knows thigh, about. Right. So, like, so, that, to me, that looks like that artery, you know. So, but. so, right. That either means like a slow suicide, right? Which is a way of escaping and a yes. way of forgetting That's your how, past. I was like, I, like I, I was kind of thinking this is like David Carradine and Kill Bill Volume Two, like where she's mm-hmm. spending her final moments dancing away on the bus, you know? Yeah. Um, or, or it truly just makes her forget everything. But either way, her like I, I kind of like your idea more. 
but so like she yeah she spends her final moments dancing away on the bus with what looks to be like another like a group of like older women going to some kind of function it's like a school trip or what's going on i i I didn't i don't i don't know but people are dancing on the bus and she joins them yeah and then it's that's probably that's like like just well done scene in general like it's like there's the sunset gleaming through the window they're all silhouetted right you can't even tell who's who anymore it's all blurs and then the movie ends yeah it was uh as far as what i thought the ending was going to be after a certain point when she after that whole revelation when she i thought it was going to echo the previous story where she was going to kill them both you know mm-hmm. um but then you can see how devastating that and how regretful she is at that memory so i i took it as her not repeating that sin and just killing herself you know like and but but you could be i mean i don't i don't fucking know i mean you could be right like as far as the memory like i mean that's giving a lot of credence to acupuncture but this is the east they <laughs> tend to do that so you know if they and um so for we're believing in acupuncture then yeah maybe she is legitimately she's so skilled and so knowledgeable that she knows how to wipe her own memory and she's just getting on a bus who knows where and she's getting away from the whole thing you know but i don't know um but that is how the movie ends um, but yeah, I thought it was a really good movie. We kind of, I mean, it might not be the happiest Mother's Day movie ever, but it's, well, it's that should be expected by the nobody. You have only yourself to blame. This, you this is, yeah, no, we've we did fucking melancholia for Earth Day. Uh, the only other bit, oh, yeah, there is a black and white version of this movie that came out in 2013, and you can not get it in the u.s uh, but i so i haven't seen that but for anybody interested i think i'm gonna give mother a three and a half because i i have a feeling i'm gonna like memories of murder better um i i okja and mother are totally different experiences I probably wouldn't give, I won't, probably wouldn't say Okja is better than Mother, but I might also give Okja like a three and a half. Okay, um, well, this will probably be our biggest um, discrepancy. Yeah, yeah, or whatever. Because um, like for me, it is a 4.5 bordering out of five. Okay, I, I really love Mother. Um, I thought it was, no, I thought, I, God, I just thought it was a hugely powerful film. I think it's the most, totally consistent of any of his movies um even next to memories of murder because it risks a little more than that film does and yet hits the tone balance properly which is i i know something that's been leveled at him as a director with with snowpiercer and parasite where the tone is uneven i feel like mother where it's going between comedy and just like just gut-wrenching tragedy all at the same time and like it pulls it off you know it does yeah it does the way I do it, the way I think about it is like I kind of nestle it like I have Parasite. I kind of think I'm gonna like Memories of Murder better than Snowpiercer. So oh. I feel like I feel like those are when I buy Snowpiercer. I mean I think Snow I like I honestly like Snowpiercer a little more than Mother, okay. even though it did have the tone shifts. I I I don't know. I like it. I, well, I like I it quite a bit. I definitely liked it, but I just thought it was it had a lot of great ideas but it was just kind of inconsistent and so mm-hmm. ultimately for me it's like high 3.5 or low four you know for general audiences no mother was yeah no i mean a 4.5 for me uh i think ultimately 
We're still right. three point five, which is totally fine because like I read. Yeah, some I movies. mean, three. I consider three point five a good movie, and uh, you know, it's like three I'm is a- pure mediocrity. Three point five is like there were great ideas, but not perfectly executed. And like, and in, and in a few months, I might rewatch it and like it better the second time. There's plenty of movies that I like. Like every Paul Thomas Anderson and every Kubrick movie, every time I wa- I rewatch one of their movies, I like it more. Yeah. So so it's just whatever and I'm in the mood to fucking rewatch, like I'm probably gonna start liking more and more. I know, uh, yeah, that's something that happened. So yeah, I mean, you know. So I definitely have the door open for that to happen with Mother, because this is a good movie, uh good to very good, um, for sure. Um, so on that note. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Uh, uh, You know, yeah, happy Mother's Day.